This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Matt, it is a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing, man? Doing excellent. Thank you for you guys having, for having me on. Really excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, we like to kick things off on this uh, show with uh, sort of like, we like to know your origin story in the sense of like, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs or what kind of working life was around you when you were growing up? Yeah, that's a, I appreciate that question because uh, I actually did come from a family of entrepreneurs. My my dad, when I was growing up, uh, um, I remember he would always be very interested in direct response marketing. I'd be in the car with him and be playing sales tapes, uh, teaching people how to do sales calls, cold calling, stuff like that. Um, when I was a teenager, I just remember um, he always wanted to start his own business. And there was a lot of uh, attempts and failures starting with things like uh, USANA. I don't know if you guys knew that, like vitamin, uh, kind of like, it was like the herbal life before herbal life. <laughs> okay. And, uh, so he did that for a while. Uh, him and my, my stepmom had a, a candle making business from their kitchen. Remember them making candles. Um, then eventually uh, a lot of things just, you know, started fizzled out. Um, eventually he did get some success with a health supplement business. And his first product was a, a colon cleanse that they kind of figured out the recipe again from, from their kitchen. Um, and during that process, he was just teaching me about direct response. When I was a young teenager, uh, the internet was starting to become more, more popular. Um, he was teaching me about things like affiliate marketing. And I remember getting set up with my first ClickBank account and uh, Commission Junction. I don't, I'm not sure if they're still around, but um, just setting up blogs and uh, things like that, learning about uh, direct response, online business from that. It was funny, his um, his health supplement company, the Colon Cleanse, he launched and became successful uh, because uh, the the launch copy for it was actually written by Gary Halbert. He, he met Gary at an event, the late, great Gary Halbert. And uh, Gary wrote this promotion about uh, the secret behind the oldest ma man in the world. Uh, the, they uncovered his body, allegedly lived to like 120 something. And they found he had the, the colon of like uh, a man in his young 20s, right? And that was the, the hook and the lead. And it, it did really well. And that kind of started his business. And it's what um, led me to want to pursue uh, copywriting more, learning about uh, you know, becoming a good writer and using that to sell and create good offers. Um, so yeah, that's how I got into entrepreneurship. Just watching my dad, watching him have a lot of failures uh, was actually very fortunate because it gave me the confidence that 
if I started something that like, even if there were bumps along the way, if I screwed a few things up, <laughs> I could still, you know, with some persistence, uh, figure it out. And, you know, when you, when you get older, you kind of realize, uh, like you, you see your parents for who they are and like, Oh, my, my dad, you know, if he can do it, I, I feel more confident. Like I, I could do it too. You know? So it was very helpful. That is literally the spirit of the show is, is building an entire library of that exact perspective that you just highlighted. And I love that story uh, because I, I had an uncle that I, that I, that I grew up with who I remember a long time ago, you know, I was interested in, you know, hip hop and, you know, music and all that. And I was more the entertainer, but he kept trying to tell me no matter what you're trying to do, you have to start looking at online and what you can do with it. And he would try to tell me about affiliate marketing and all these things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, SEO, I'm telling you. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm going to be on stage. Sure enough, it wasn't until years later, I moved to New York and I realized, oh, there's a lot of advertising. And then I started realizing how big the world really is. But um, but I love that story specifically because it's it it correlates to the work that you're doing now effortlessly. Sometimes you'll hear people like, yeah, I grew up in entrepreneurship families, and then they go and do something completely different, but still entrepreneurial. Uh, so it's really cool that you stepped into that. And now I have here an odd fact. You a third time presidential candidate. Can you can you sort of tell me about what this means in my notes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a as a copywriter, actually let me let me move over real quick. But um one of the, the clients that I've gotten to work with uh, was uh, Ron Paul. Uh, so Ron Paul ran for oh, president yeah, yeah. three times. And uh, I, when I got my start uh, writing copy, it was working for uh, Agora. And so they're a financial publishing company. So before I was in uh, the business I am now, um, I was working at Agora, writing financial copy. And one of... Uh, uh, Ron Paul was actually the spokesperson for the business I was working at at the time. And so I got to write some copy for him, which was uh, very exciting as someone who kind of grew up very libertarian leaning. And actually, like, I campaigned for Ron Paul as a kid. So it was, came full circle that I ended up working for a business where we had him as a spokesperson. And I got to write some copy for him as well. That's epic, man. I mean, that, that's that's how you do it. You just keep following the path and watching it unfold. Now, before we go any further, I want to check in with Jason. Now he's had some time to listen in on what you've talked about and your journey. I'm sure he has insights on it. <clears throat> yeah, it's really cool because, you know, I grew up like uh, most entrepreneurs have like uh, if they grew up in it, it's the same narrative, right? For me, it was just a farm and my mom and dad, they they, my mom ran all the businesses in town. And so I got exposed to the, you know, cause she was in all the businesses, used clothes, restaurant, uh, back in the old VHS tape days, right. She ran a video store that then went to, to a CD. And then from there, well, that whole thing kind of died off after that, but, but, uh, <laughs> but just experiencing that as a kid, right? I think, you know, it almost gives you a little bit of an unfair advantage, right? Um, because you're seeing it in real time unfold in front of your face. And that's the, there's no course you can take in the world that will ever replace that, that real world experience to where, you know, 
you're getting it live. Now, does most of that stuff apply today? Not probably not really, but, but that's not the point. The point is, is, you know, you got to go through that experience and that shaped your path where you were going to head from that point forward. So, so great story. And, and it's a story that many of us have that are all very similar. It's just a, a little different narrative in there. That's all. So it's good stuff. Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, for me, it's just interesting that you eventually got there, right? And and from from that work, is that what led to founding your own company that focuses on copy and things of that nature? Or, or was there something that happened just before that? Uh, so there's, you know, like any story, it's kind of long and it sure. goes on many different paths and there's twists and turns and stuff. Um, you know, for me, one of, I, I went to a, uh, my dad recommended this entrepreneurship camp to me when I was, uh, I guess I was about 20, 21, uh, 21. And it was in Lithuania and I had to apply for it. It was a free camp, but if you got accepted, you got to go. And when I, I applied, I got accepted, went out to this camp and this camp was put on by a bunch of, uh, direct response entrepreneurs and people who own publishing business in, in the info space. So uh, one of the founders of the camp uh, was a partner in a business, business called Early to Rise, as well as a business called Sovereign Man. And so I, I went out there and that was really when I first learned, like one of the things that the that partner said was, you know, if I, if I had to know any skill uh, to help me as an entrepreneur, that, that skill I would want to learn would be copywriting. You know, being able to understand big ideas and and persuasive writing and you know, the copy is really the lifeblood lifeblood of uh, successful direct response businesses. Whether you're writing Facebook ads, whether you're writing webinars, whether you're writing sales letters, you know, just the emails that you write to talk to your your audience. And so that really stuck with me and made me really want to learn that as a craft and. So what happened was after I went to that camp, um, that partner ended up becoming the CEO of Stansbury Research, which was one of the biggest companies within Agora. And so I had heard about the, the copywriters at that company and just the success that they had. And so for me, I realized like entrepreneurship was where I wanted to get, but to get there, I, I still needed to get some skills. And so... I you know, reached out to that partner, got my foot in the door, actually started in customer service um, just to, to, to get my opportunity in the business, right? Um, worked in there for six months and just would, I would hound the copywriters and try to learn all I could from them. I would nag my boss and be like, hey, can I go sit in on copy review? And uh, just giving getting any opportunity I could to get more exposure to it. Um, and so finally, six months into it, they finally were hiring a big class of copywriters. And um, I was lucky enough to to get accepted to join their team and got to really learn from uh, some of the best. And uh, the copy chief at the time, who's still a partner in that business, is, you know, what I believe the, the greatest financial copywriter on the planet. And so getting to learn from him, uh, Mike Palmer, who wrote a really famous package called The End of America. And still writes to this day, even though he has like more money than any copywriter I've ever known. And that includes some like really, really, really wealthy copywriters. Um, just learning the, the craft from them 
gave me the skills and confidence. And one thing that Mike said to me, was like, Hey, you spend two to three years here and you're never going to have to worry about finding a job again. And, and he was right. And getting that opportunity and learning the skill of copywriting from real practitioners who are masters in their craft. And it's the type of thing where, I mean, copy is not something you never truly master. You're always learning. You're always improving, getting better, adding new wrinkles to your game. Um, but learning from them, it was something that I was able to then take after I left the company and turn into my own business. I, I started freelancing for a while, but I also started taking on uh, coaching clients who wanted to learn more about copy. I started created a copywriting course. I was, uh, you know, had a personal brand around copywriting and uh, writing built an email list around copywriting, um, and so that's what you know. That was really my first. You know, I had, I had little attempts at having my own business before that, but that was my first real success was being able to create in creating my own offer and building a list, building a following, leveraging the consulting work I was doing for companies, and then using that as content to help teach other people about advertising and, and marketing. And then also using that as like a the synergy where I would take my my copywriting students and connect them with the clients I was working with as uh you know to help kind of scale uh an agency of sorts. So uh, that was that's kind of how I got into actual applied entrepreneurship um, and doing it myself before I ended up uh, where I am today. The one thing I'll tell you about copywriting that I know, I'm not good at it <laughs> right? because it's like anything else. It's a skill, right? And it has to be practice. It has to be, you have to do it. It's a different voice. It's I can't write in that voice. My brain doesn't operate that way. I think your brain has to be switched to a different, something different to be able to write copy. And it's a special thing, um, especially offer copy, even website copy. I mean, oh my God, you, you, you try to do it yourself and then you hire somebody and they just go like, wow, you're an idiot. Right? <laughs> and you thought that was going to work. <laughs> right. So it's, you know, if you want to be good at, at writing copy, you got to study it, right? If you want to be good at hitting a target from a thousand yards away, you got to go shoot, right? <laughs> it's, it's it's all the same same thing, and and the beauty behind that is, you know, I've met a lot of copywriters, but I've only met a few really good copywriters. Like that could just blow your brains out, right? I mean, with, from with a thousand the, yards away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're like the wordsmith sniper, man. I mean, <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's just, I thought that was important to note that because, because it is. Yeah. yeah. And for, for, for me, what I, what, I, what I love about this is like, a, we had talked a little bit briefly before we started recording and a lot of the work I do, I say content strategy because when I tell people personal branding, their eyes glaze over like it's not relevant. And yet your story, shows the case that you built an entire ecosystem around the idea that copywriting was how success was found, how you, like even your company, strategic profits, right? When I look at the name, I immediately think, yeah, knowing what I know about what you're telling me with your business and your journey, you got to be in the business of money, no matter what business you're in, right? Like that's every, every entrepreneur knows that. 
But it's cool to hear that copywriting is the sword you chose, you know, to go to battle with and, and how that works. Because a lot of people think that they can just say the boilerplate thing on their website, the boilerplate thing on their uh, YouTube channel videos, on their social media, XYZ videos, even their posts. They think, ah, you know, I'll just do something different today as opposed to being targeted, being specific, being intentional and being punchy and being fun, right? All the things that are important in copywriting. I did enough study of it that, for me, it enhanced the way that I run conversations. A lot of the way that I'm trying to run a conversation and control the tone has a lot to do with the same principles, the fundamental principles of copyright. Mm-hmm. And yep. so for me, that's why I love your story so much because of how much of a case study it is for the value of this work that many people go, ah, I, I guess, no, I mean, I kind of, I already have content or I already have this. Yeah. But was it built strategically? Right? Was it developed strategically? Do you have the points that you're trying to hit, the people you're trying to get to? The list goes on. So, Matt, because we don't have so much time, and I do want to get to the, to the latter half of what we have to do, but before we get there, just because it would be a missed opportunity if I didn't ask someone who's been in the game as long as you have, what are your thoughts on the way AI tools are shaping an industry like yours with, with copywriting and things of that nature? Yeah, that's a that's a great and very timely question, Philip. I know um, this week uh, I was playing with Chat GPT, and I know a lot of mm-hmm. folks were right um, over the past few months and uh, or even over a year or so. Like Jasper, you know, the AI copywriting tool has Love become it. very popular. So, uh, just in my own experimentation, I, I would say that. Um, it definitely has its place and it's definitely relevant and it's going to become more and more important. I think, you know, it's not, it's like the, the ATM and a lot of people were worried when the ATM was invented that it was going to put all that never, you would never, you need for a bank teller anymore, but really what it did was just, it actually elevated the, uh, the role of the bank teller and the type of work that they were doing, right? They didn't have to just uh, get you your your cash, right? They were setting up accounts. They were more involved in the sales process. So doing their, their job from a higher level. And I think that's what AI is going to help copywriters do. And a lot of folks do uh, in, in how they implementation I've done with some of the AI and those tools. It's been helpful to do research, you know, and really give you prompts and this thing you can use in your like summer, um, uh, you know, research that's in technical jargon and you want to simplify it, you know, an AI tool could uh, examine and analyze that, that data and give you the bullet points, for example, you know, and that's something that Typically, you're having to do as a copywriter, spend a lot of time reading that report, you know, going through the information, finding out the the big takeaways, and then yourself having to put that into simple language. But if an AI can fast forward that process for you, um, then that's super handy. And even just like 
helping you come up with like a list of objections or a list of uh, benefits, right? Like if you're just thinking about, okay, what is um, the benefit of green tea for your health, right? You could say, give the AI a prompt and say, you know, tell me 20 benefits of green tea for, uh, for your health, right? And it would give you a list of benefits. And then you could take that even further and take each of those benefits and then start to do more granular research using the AI. But it, it's not like a, a full replacement where you can say, okay, yeah, write me a, a great sales pitch for X product. And, uh, you know, it's going to have it perfectly worded and get you something that's just uh, a wonderful sales letter from scratch in, in a few minutes. It's, it's, but it is going to speed up the process of doing the research, of coming up uh, with a list of um, ideas or just helping you ideate. I've seen some really incredible art, for example, that's been created from AI. So it's, you can help you come up with unique angles that you might not spontaneously think of on your own, but using that uh, in conjunction with what you do as a copywriter in your process as a copywriter, I think it's, um, yeah, I think there's huge, huge potential there. Yeah. I mean, making it compelling is an entirely different story, right? Because it, it just spews data within a restricted form based on your question, but making it compelling, punchy, it might even simplify it for a seven-year-old, which is like the pitch that most of these things use, but it cannot make it targeted specifically to your audience yet in a way that's compelling, timely, et cetera. And it, it may eventually get there too. Then, uh, like you said, that'll just continue to elevate the role, which I think was the most profound thing that you said is for anyone considering uh, how artificial intelligence may impact their work. Uh, if a lot of the work that you've done is for lack of a better term, grunt work, you know, $14 an hour work, if you will, and you didn't take a more elevated approach to your craft, then it, you may want to start considering it now. But otherwise, it's like you so aptly said, just realize that all it's going to do is continue to push us further away from that 80% of stuff that get needs to get done, but doesn't necessarily deliver the results like those that 20% does. And it'll allow us to live in that 20% a lot more holistically if we're going to borrow the Pareto principle to sort of make a metaphor out of things. And I love that. So with that said, uh, because we are going to be wrapping things up now, I do want to take a quick break, give a shout out to Terry Foster with Scale with Social Selling. If you're looking to lead gen and you want to fill your calendar with things and people that are actually relevant to what you're trying to do and who you're trying to talk to, you can either try to figure it out yourself or work with somebody that's optimally created a solution that will help make sure the only things on your calendar are the people that are actually relevant and the things that are actually relevant to whatever degree you're interested in. So if that's something you want to do, go to try.scalewithsocialsellingsystem.com. It's a mouthful, but I'll say it one more time, try.scalewithsocialsellingsystem.com and let them know the war room sent you and they'll give you 20% off. Uh, now with that said, Matt, where can people connect with you, get in touch with you and what's the call to action there? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on LinkedIn. If you want to search for me there, uh, Matt Rizvi. Also, uh, the company, my, my business that I uh, run with uh, Rich Sheffern, who's my, my partner, uh, it's strategicprofits.com. So if you want to go to strategicprofits.com, see all the, uh, the content we put out, uh, that's, uh, that's where you go for that. Love it. Love it. Um, now, with that said, uh, if Jason, if we're, if we're good for it now, I think it's time for the grand finale, right? Yeah, you bet. All right. So, Matt. 
if you could have invited anyone to this conversation today, based on everything that we covered, who would you have loved to have had here and why them? Uh, just because it's top of mind, I recently read um, Titan, which was a biography of John D. Rockefeller. And I was just blown away. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I read a good amount of biographies. Um, the, my perception of Rockefeller completely changed after reading the book. I think the the modern perception and just the, the mainstream perception of Rockefeller as a, a, you know, an oil baron, as a monopolist, as uh, someone who, you know, took advantage of their wealth and power as in, in a capitalist society like there's there's a lot of negative connotations around um you know the, the power he uh, wielded in, in his uh but it just blew my mind um the the other that most people don't really know about Rockefeller and like for example just how humbly he lived and how uh like he didn't really spend a lot of money on lavish things. He lived very simply. He was very pious and a very religious person and donated so much of his wealth to good causes. And so I, I really resonated a lot with my uh, my viewpoints with Rockefeller. And so um, I, I just, it, it's something that I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, um, I think often like there's, there's some entrepreneurs who I don't resonate with, for example, Steve Jobs, like I have a lot of respect for Steve Jobs, but he's not the type of CEO that I would want to be. But when I read about John D. Rockefeller, that was someone who on many different levels, philosophically, uh, you know, reached out and just felt like, ah, if, if I knew John, you know, back in the day, or if he was sitting with me now, like he's the type of mentor, uh, the type of role model I would want to um, emulate as an entrepreneur. And so if you haven't, uh, read his uh, biography, Titan. I highly recommend it. And um, yeah, that, that's just a, a person who has been top of mind for me of late. Respect. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, for me, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to chat with you. It's tradition right here for Jason to close this out. So I'm gonna let him do that. But I got to say, man, I really enjoyed this. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for for coming to the war room. Really appreciate it. We all have the same 168 every week, and you took 30 out of years to be here with us. So that that just speaks for itself. And uh, you know, as business owners, we we got to make time to create these these pieces of of generational knowledge, right? That's the whole point, right? Because you take a young 21 year old coming up in business today. And if they would go back to episode one of this and come all the way to today, all those arrows would have been missed. And now you got to stop an arrow today too, brother. So there you go. <laughs> Thanks for being awesome. Here. Appreciate it guys. Right. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.